should do it the same ways just to get it in there. Hmm. All right. Should be coming over soon. Looks like we're in. We're in. We're in. Got it. Live stream. Get that off of there. Let's record this for posterity to the clouds. All right. Now we're cooking with gas. Hey, you know what, Nick? Today's Whiskey Wednesday. Oh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's Whiskey Wednesday, and Nick Taylor's here, and Foul North Whiskey is here. And we got some we got some surprises for you tonight. We got some definitely some really good treats uh, for you to, to be. If you've noticed, uh, there's some spaces missing because the, the guys are pouring it right now. But if you also notice the numbering systems looks a little weird tonight, just worry. Don't worry about it. You're just going to go with it. We'll make sure that you're drinking the right stuff. Um, if you don't jump ahead, you won't have a problem. I, I'm looking at you, sir, because I knew you were going to jump ahead. That's right. All right. Well, Nick Taylor's here. Um, we've been working on a project together, um, which is really cool. And uh, what I thought was actually really funny is because we started putting this out. People are like, oh, I've had single barrels. Like people have done single barrels with you. You know, la, la, la. That's that's really great. Blah, blah, blah. I go, it's a little bit more complicated than just a single barrel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and when I proposed it, Nick's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, really, really. And so um, and I think when we finally when we, we uh, like when Sammy got involved, he's like, absolutely. And that was sort of like the, the those, over the over the top, yeah. the over the top yeah, yeah, stuff that, yeah. that like sort of went for it. All right. So I'm going to explain this first part because I want you guys to drink the whiskey and then we'll talk about all the other stuff that's going cool. on with Found North. OK, oh, yeah. so um Basically, the guys that found North, you know, uh, Nick, his brother, Sammy, um, put together a really great blend of whiskeys. Uh, a 20, if I get this wrong, a 20 year old rye, a 13 year old rye, and a 22 year old corn whiskey, correct? Yes. I don't know the poor proportions. I do well, not need to know the yeah, proportions. Um, had put that together. In the meantime, when they're doing that, I took a barrel of of Blanton's that we had um, that we you know we emptied and filled up, and you guys got the Blanton's whiskey and all that. We had taken that up to our good friend up uh, Al Al Wood up in his sugar shack up in Vermont, and he put maple syrup in that, and he left it in there for I think three or four months at, at least, and then the syrup comes out. I go pick up the barrel and I drive it to New Hampshire. It's like a tri-state like thing going on here. I drive it over to the guys at Found North. And they take the blend, which is which is sitting in a barrel and then put it in the maple syrup barrel. And then was it like four months later? Yeah. Yeah. A couple months. Yeah. Like four months later, um, we, it was it was time. It was time. It was time. And we bottled it up. So it's a little bit more different, a little, little bit different than just a single barrel pick. But this is the type of stuff that we like to do. And especially when we have good partners um, like Found North um, and saying, like, you guys want to do something out of the box and. uh uh, I don't think I don't I don't think you guys live in a box anymore. It's yeah. right outside of there, yeah. right? <laughs> so um, that is your first whiskey tonight. I can tell you this that it is um, it is a fifty six point five ABV, so one hundred and thirteen. It is aged thirteen year, and it is called original maple. And the uh, the maple leaf is the original maple leaf for Canada, which is thirteen points. <laughs> so 13 years old, 13 points, a barrel 13, three. 
130 uh, yeah, yeah. stretch it a little bit yeah. um and 113 <laughs> proof so that is what you're trying first it's in the number one slot have at that i forgot that it was i, I really forgot that it was a, that it was 113 that was completely by accident. completely that's, by accident that's, this, cast this, strength. that's what it came there's out no out. such things as coincidence i mean that was ridiculous <laughs> that was totally ridiculous yeah this because this, it's barrel strength it's just what it is yeah this was the most unique single barrel we did this by far we we made the blend put it into the x bourbon to hold it for you while the maple syrup right. was holding, and then transferred it in there and it it evolves and got better in the x bourbon that we were holding it in right. we didn't want it to get over oaked and then we put it in the maple syrup and the thing and i remember you tried it before we put it in the maple syrup and you're like well this is bottleable yeah <laughs> you know? i was like oh yeah this is definitely bottleable and but then we 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 just added that that extra touch by putting the maple syrup and the interesting thing was we had to irritate the we had to like really agitate the liquid a lot um so we had to go in and shake the barrel all the time because it the maple syrup takes a really it 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 takes a really long time yeah yeah for so for really those of you integrate well you know why one of the reasons why is of course the viscosity of maple syrup so right <laughs> is is you know, we're, we're, we're trying to we're looking at doing honey yeah. Uh, Al and I have got this other brainstorm that we want to do, <laughs> but here's the thing: is the and and that's even more viscous, right? But the 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 maple syrup is the viscosity is so high you could not possibly fill a barrel of of maple syrup; it would just explode the barrel because it's just mm -hmm. it's just too much. You just push the staves right out. So he only puts probably about fifteen to twenty gallons in the barrel, mm, and then he rotates the barrel. Like every yep. day he goes down there and kicks the barrel. <laughs> so it's like, kick the barrel, kick the barrel. And he does that for however long I leave it there. They have, cause they do other ones. They have, a, they have sort of a methodology that they go down and just keep moving the barrels over. So yep. the maple syrup itself is constantly falling on new staves as it goes around. So it really is sort of getting, it's really getting in Dude, the nooks and cran yeah. crannies and getting yeah, it. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. We've picked up barrels before where it's been like, that's a little sticky, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, but uh the the other part of this too is I've had other stuff by other uh maple syrup by other people, and Al is doing everything small, like small batches, yeah, 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 slow. And, and uh, people go like, Why is his syrup different than everybody else's? Like because he takes his time. Yeah. He does his stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try to get him down here one time. I want to get I said I really want you to come down here right now. What the I, hell? He's traveling. He's been like traveling. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> we didn't give him but his his that. syrup is good, and we're gonna actually we're gonna try some of that. We'll try some of that tonight, um, also. So, so there's your first one. What do you guys think? Is that it's, a little different? It's this is it's not even fair. I mean, honestly, like the the thing about the thing about when we work with Rye and and um, I I was smart enough to bring one of the components today. I'm very okay, good man. But when you work with these ryes, they're 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 astringent, you know, they really get, they really get dry. They get a little bitter and they're astringent and they're tricky to work with. And all the rise that we either put into new wood or, or usually when we put it into port, which has the residual sugar, it works really well because the sweetness has such a positive effect on the finish. Right. And this one, the finish is, the finish is a joke. It's, it's like, it's perfect, <laughs> you know. And, I, and it was funny when Sammy and I were doing this. We were like, 
you're like, damn it, this is working annoyingly well. You know, you go out, you buy these fancy ass port pipes and all the stuff that we have to hunt down to get just the right thing. So we get just the right sweetness. And Ryan comes along and says, Hey, why don't we put it in a maple syrup cask? And we're like, Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, it's Canadian whiskey. <laughs> it only sort of makes sense, doesn't it? But you know, the thing about it is even trying this, it's it's you get the maple syrup, but it's in and, and I think it integrates really, really well. It doesn't really get sweet. No. You can, but you can taste the maple syrup. No, it makes it a little spicier. Yeah. I, it makes it a little spicier, but it cuts any residual bitterness. Any residual bitterness. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's really. I will tell you, we just did our Whiskey Road show, and, and the guys really uh, found North really pushed it to make sure. We had it all bottled, but was, we were waiting for labels and everything like that. They really pushed it in. They got it for, for Whiskey Road show. Well, I think we did like four K over four cases of this at whiskey roadshow whiskey roadshow had 46 tables and almost <laughs> 300 whiskeys and to do four cases of, of, of one product is actually well, everything sells, yeah. but it's like two of these, three of those, four of the, you know, like yeah, that yeah, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. When you start dealing and you start hitting cases, that means it hit, it definitely hits uh, some people's taste buds awful. Well, Good. I think I, we even have one guy that's like, can I buy a so. case of that right now? I go, well, can you hold off for a second? Because we want to make sure everybody gets some first yeah. and then you're yeah, welcome yeah. to buy as much as you want. Oh, that's awesome. But, um, but I, awesome. I think this one really went really, really well. So good. good. Well, I was right. pumped to, I was pumped to pour this first. Cause I, 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 I get in and I was talking to you about this beforehand and I apologize to everybody for the sign. It's always like, okay, whiskey four is, you know, batch six and whiskey five is batch three <laughs> confused the hell out of everyone but i i have historically always done tastings where we pour things sequentially as in like this is what we made and this is what we made next and then you get to the new whiskey and everybody's palates cooked right uh, so i was really excited to, to pour this one first because i think it's i think it's really tasty i think it's pretty elegant and i'm happy to pour it now before we get into the super high proof stuff and the, mm -hmm. and the kind of the heavy oak stuff that that'll that'll disguise how how well this turned out yeah i i, I couldn't be happier about yeah. this whiskey yeah I'm really and i really i, I that, tell I, I was hoping sammy'd be here tonight so i could shake his hand but don't oh, thank you very much i should have told him he would have been pumped he would have come out yeah of course he would next one the next one will have next sammy, one will have sammy you can see uh, the, how he and i banter that that's yeah, yeah that's scary i've been yeah, there that, uh, yeah, i've yeah, been yeah. there seen that that's all right <laughs> no one needs to see that um but so I, I have to say, so when I was up there, we were, we were putting this in the barrel. I, I, you know, of course, I'm like, well, what are you guys doing next? And Driscoll was up there and, yes. you know, as a friend of mine from K&L, when he was within K&L and he's doing some consulting and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. on his own. And we had been to Japan together. I don't know if you told you yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and we actually went to a karaoke bar, but that's a, a story for a completely different time. Um he decided to do the uh, sing the Pixies because I was from Boston, so that was even even stranger. I'm going to tell him about that tomorrow. Yeah, tell him about that tomorrow. <laughs> and um, so I, I was like, okay, what's on what's on the block? What's coming up? What's coming up? And you guys went through and we tried a bunch. We tried a bunch of stuff, and uh, I, I was really excited because there's some great. Now we got eight coming out today. Yep. Yep, yep. Today's eight coming out, and you guys are going to get to taste a whiskey that's not even out yet. Eight just came out. Like I got my order yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. So eight just came out. So you guys, I think you're the first probably group to try this as, as a release. Yeah. 
and then you're yes. going to try something else after that. So um, what's next in the lineup? Because yeah. I get, I don't know, I'm confused. What do we do? We're doing yeah. batch eight. Oh, do a batch eight right now. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, we, so tell us about batch eight. Yeah, so we, <laughs> that leads into that. I know that's perfect. Perfect, perfect right? Yeah, yeah. So batch eight, batch eight was really fun project for us because, look, when we started, we were buying basically just what we needed to be able to do a blend, right? So right. it's like, all right, you know, they send us the components. We had no money, so it was like they send us the components, and we were like, here's all of our money. Let's buy as much of, you know, this, this, and this at the appropriate ratios to make our blend and go. Uh, but obviously, as we've grown and and we've we've come into more money, um, we've been able to actually buy the components and further mature them ourselves, which okay. is which is really fun because Canadian whiskey is Canadian whiskey is like a is is. I, I always I always say this and then I always insult this process of of describing Canadian whiskey, but it's a blank canvas, right? They they effectively create these whiskeys that often are really really good for further maturation. Um, so you know they'll have something that's twenty year old this or eighteen year old this, and it's been in ex bourbon its whole life, so it's developed a nice profile, but has all of this room for wood. Um, and on top of it, they very much like to give maximum freedom to the blender. That's their whole process. Yeah. But the whole thing, the whole thing about Canadian whiskey though, is to do basically, you know, we do a mat. This is a good way to put it. We do a mash bill. Like most of our stuff is a mash bill. We, you know, we do corn, we do bourbon, which is mostly, it has to be mostly corn. And then we mix all the grains up and then we ferment it. Right. Right. Canada. I like to refer to it as that. (laughs) Doesn't do that. They basically make corn whiskey. They make rye. It's pretty much rye. It's all rye. It's 100% rye. Usually. Yeah. So, And there's very little other mixing along. So they make wheat and barley. So they make all those components, and then they age them, and they say, oh, to the blender, okay, whatever here you go. Here's your palette. Here's your palette to paint. Paint whatever you want. Right. And so for us, what was cool about this was we actually started – we've started taking the components and recasting them and rewrapping them. Um, which, you know, the more and more we take over the process, the more fun it is. And the more, you, you know, the more we own the process, which is kind of the whole point. Um, and that so can get sort of scary though, cause you can really screw up a really, which is really, really good whiskey. Shit up. Yeah. yeah you oh, gotta yeah. be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had, we had a, um, we had a 17 year old rye that we put into an ex Madeira cask. Um, and we put it in this barrel for God over a year and it was getting better and better, but the Canadian whiskeys are, and we're gonna we're gonna get into this with the fourth fourth whiskey we have today. They're they're not complete whiskeys, and they're not designed to be complete whiskeys. The first thing I learned when we started blending was, if you take your best whiskey here and your your second best whiskey here, and you just put them together, you, you don't make good whiskey. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's a puzzle piece. They get yeah, up yeah. I, I always I, that's why I always think about it more like music, right? It's like if you have a great drum solo. And a great guitar solo, and they're in you know different rhythms and different keys and different whatever, and you just slap them together, you just get a cacophony of noise, and you get the same thing with flavor. Um, and so the Canadians aren't trying to make com- a complete profile when they make 100% corn, 100% rye, 100% wheat, 100% barley. What they're trying to do is create something that has one layer of flavor that 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 takes care of one thing. Um, and so when we were further maturing this in Madeira, we didn't get this like beautiful elegant whiskey that was done and all we need to do is polish it up now this thing was completely whack i mean it was really interesting it had great flavors um 
but it was i mean it was completely undrinkable by itself um but that's not actually as it turns out that's not a bad thing um it it's there's really a difference between something being drinkable and something be a, being flawed um if you distill it incorrectly or you get must or you get just meme or you get something that creates an off note that's actually a problem it's very hard to blend that out but if you make something that is just tapping into one profile or two two pieces of the profile it it doesn't drink great on its own because it's it's almost disjointed it's almost jagged but it can be if you can fill in all the all the holes your puzzle piece analysis analysis um analogy then then you you actually can make a great whiskey and that was the case with this madeira it was absolutely stunning and the crazy thing was we only used it as a four percent component we were going to use it as a three percent component which i'll talk about in a second but we only used it as a four percent component of the whole whiskey but it completely it comes through just a little goes a long way oh my goodness yeah it's absolutely crazy and so batch eight batch eight ended up being um it ended up being a six whiskey blend which we haven't done before it was originally going to be an 18 year rye a 19 year rye a 22 23 year old corn um, but what's, what's fascinating about what's really interesting about us. No, what's, what's, what's funny about our process is, um, we, this is going to sound funny, but we actually drink the whiskey while we blend it. Um, wow. Right. That you, you would think that that, you know, it's like, we actually listen to the music while we play it. Um, no, we, we actually drink the whiskey rather than just nosing it. Um, and as a result, our, our standard for quality control is much, much, much higher than distilleries that we work with. Um, and that's not an insult to them. Big distilleries are going through like 7,000, 8,000 samples a year, their quality control team. They can't be drinking all of it, right? <laughs> right. And would survive, you know? So, so they're, they're cutting it to 20% and they're nosing it and they're actually trained to find flaws, but they're not necessarily trained to make sure that the profile of the test blend that we create exactly matches the profile of the test blend that they start to make. Um, so with eight, we had to actually take over the entire process because the blending process, the physical blending process itself, because we sent in the, the formula for one of the, the um, for a set of the components that we were buying from one of the distilleries. And we sent in the, the, the formula and they made a test blend and they sent it to us and we're tasting our whiskey that we've been making and the test blend that they're sending us and they're not the same <laughs> they don't i mean they're like five percent different you know what i mean and i sent i i reached out to them and they said well why don't you recreate what you've been making ship it to us and we'll compare it and see if we can troubleshoot and see where we're screwing right up. so we sent it up to them and the the master blender got on the phone with me and he said nick i hate to say this but we go through thousands and thousands and thousands of, t- of, of components every year, you know, and we're in whatever it was an eight person team or, you know, not a big team. He said, this falls well within, you know, okay for us. And we were like, well, this falls way the hell outside of okay for well, us, right. you know, uh, well, because we're, you're putting your, you're putting your name on the line and you're only producing so much of it. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, money, be, everything is online. Right. So, so we ended up, talking to them and they said okay well why don't we send you the whiskey in tote do you you know can your facility actually physically do the blending and you can do the scaling up process and make any tweaks and fixes that you want to do so we said yes um so they sent it to us and we actually ended up 
when we everybody understands that so that they're not they're 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 basically shipping a bunch of whiskey in totes in square boxes of that holds liquid it's they're usually right. like a, a a non-invasive like plastic right so food grade food grade oh, yep. stuff so yep. that you now have all the components all the pieces right? all the pieces but and now, now you say you're gonna put them together, together. it's yeah. like an ikea yeah you know yeah. we're gonna send you an ikea and you if I hope you got the right wrench because you're going to have to put these <laughs> yeah, things together. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they sent it to us and we, and we had to do it ourselves. And, and we actually ended up having to add a, another 23 year old corn component and a 26 year old corn component to unfuck what had gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but the thing, but the thing is, is when, okay. So when, like, if you make a recipe, like it, 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 I wish Chef Elena was here today, but if you make a recipe and you take that recipe and you say like, well, I'm going to make it, I'm making it for like, you know, a dinner party. We're going to make six people, right? I'm going to have six people. And this is how much it does. When you start saying like, oh, I got to make it for a thousand people, right? And you just go, oh, I'll just multiply it. It doesn't work. It doesn't like work that, that no, way. No, 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 it doesn't Because the flavors right. all of a sudden go in a different direction. It's and that's what, thing. that's where the, that's what happens. But that's us. what the disconnect yes. was. Yes. Is you guys are making it in like this small little thing in a, you know, in a test tube. And all of a sudden you want them to deal with, you know, tons. And. And this is this is what happened. I mean, and when we get to when we get back to six, I know a lot of people love six, six, six. I get. Oh no, is this one six? six I don't know. You messed six, them up. You, six. You're on six. your own. Touch You're on your own. Yeah, huh? Six. <laughs> we get to, when we get to six, six. When when we made it, uh, the the test blend that they sent us tasted like the test blend that we had. But when they sent us the the liquid and we actually bottled it the finish was different and I was livid. Um, and I'll talk about that later because I, I was just like, this is off from what I, what I had made. So this was fun because we've really taken over way more of the process. And I used to really have a, you know what? I'm going to shut up. Let's drink it. Uh, so, Oh, they already did. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, yeah that makes sense. Anyway. So this, this particular whiskey, um, it falls in line with some, with the, the style that we've made for six and seven. But the 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 deer Camp, cask like, is the like campfire marshmallow going on or oh, something like this. It's like on I the think, nose. I think the Madeira makes this like blackberry blackberry puree. My my wife bakes a lot, which is why I like whiskey and and basic because mm. I like baking spices. I like all of the flavors that you get from yeah cake. Um and uh, and she she makes a blackberry puree every once in a while that she drizzles onto the cake and it's so reminiscent for me. Um, but it's also like Madeira creates this um, slightly citrusy note. Um, it's a, it, and it, it's why we honestly only wanted three or 4% of this because it can get sour, right? right? It can get like really sour. Um, but it but comes on the nose, I'm still getting really that. Awesome. Like, like little, almost like a little campfire on that, on that nose. A little too. wood phenol. Yeah. Nice. Randall Bird method will yeah, work great. Pops. Yeah. The Randall Bird method, though, you can add a couple of drops of water to this, or you could drink some water and then drink this right afterwards. I like that. So. Yeah. I, I, this, this has, this. So when I started, when I started like making whiskey, the big change for me was going from discussing whiskey from a tasting note standpoint to discussing whiskey from a structural standpoint. Um, because when we would start blending, you'd, you'd tweak the ratios and all the flavor, the, the all the tasting notes would change, mm -hmm. but it was very hard to determine, did I actually make a better whiskey, right? Did I, am I getting closer to something that we want to release that we want to put our name on? 
Um, and so our language around the whiskey changed from being like, hey, this is the description of it in terms of, you know, berries and this. If you if you like that stuff, go <laughs> go read the copy on our website. I write all of it. Um, all the crazy, you know, tasting notes that are all sort of, you know, over the top. I love writing them. It's really fun, but it's actually not a great way of accurately describing this the, drinking the, the whiskey and this the making whiskey. the whiskey. Right, right. And so when we started when we started doing this and we started thinking about the structure, um, we we think about how the whiskey evolves across the palate. And one thing that one thing that I find very frustrating is um, when the whiskey public conflates a hot finish with a long finish. Um, a long finish is a finish that has a lot of flavor. Um, right. The flavor lingers, right? That's right. the idea. Um, and I think a lot of times people people just get heat that's why we like cast drink whiskey and then we lock on to like oh it's hot it's crackling in my chest i love that feeling don't get me wrong but that's not necessarily a long lingering finish that's that's um effects of alcohol yeah high you know high, high octane stuff right. and and uh and so when we made six and we'll get there when we made six six had a great finish and with whatever happened when they scaled it up it it went from having this great flavor finish to this great <laughs> heat finish and it i i didn't like it nearly as much and then of course like everybody on reddit liked it even more um uh, because people latch on to to this this thing that that they can identify um but do you find that do you find that just to break off for a second yeah. do you find that um because i've been noticing lately that um people are latching on to extremes in whiskey whatever that whatever that thing and yes. not balance yes it's 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 I want this certain note and I want that to be the high note right. in the whiskey that I'm drinking. And it's not necessarily because I, I love a very well balanced whiskey. I find I get the most pleasure out of that than than just an overriding one component flavor. Do you ever drink Burgundy? Yes. Wine? Yep. OK, I don't. Um, <laughs> but but I've had it and I've had, uh, you know, when you work in a in a liquor store, which I did for a couple of years, you you know, you you get to try lots of cool things. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I. And I remember we had a Burgundy producer come in and she poured this wine that was outrageously expensive, like $300 a bottle expensive, you know, and I, the, you know, I was the, all the, no, all, barn, all the wine, it tasted like a, it tasted like horse shit. I don't mean like it tasted bad. It literally tasted like manure. And I was sitting there, I'm like. Is nobody else noticing that this, you know, I don't know anything about Burgundy. Does anybody want to tell her that she this, farted? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, want, you want to tell her that she totally botched this? And, you know, she leaves and I finally, I grab one of the, the, the you know, the wine psalms in the room and I was like, hey, this tastes like horseshit. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yes. You know, and I was like, what? And, and, and I think that's the thing, right? It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, I forgive me if you love Octomore. I, I just think it's totally over the top. I, I, some, you know, it's just, it's like, how nuclear can we make the peat, you know? And it's like, I get it. People like that flavor, but, but shouldn't it be integrated into the whiskey as opposed to just completely dominating the whiskey? So I know exactly what you're talking about. I like Port Charlotte a lot better than I like Octomore. You know, I think that's a that's more of a an interesting. It's more whiskey. of a finesse, right? But I I think sometimes you know people want to identify something when they're when they're tasting it, and so sometimes beating people over the head with that flavor can can actually um, translate to people liking the whiskey. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. 
this this the the next one that we're drinking is is the opposite if this one doesn't taste integrated to you then you know i don't know what's going on because this was my favorite whiskey that we've ever made it's coming out in a couple weeks and you actually tasted it before we put it in barrel that's right yeah and you're like oh this is great i was like yeah now we're adding it to the cast um so so well first of all what do you guys think of eight? Oh yeah sorry i was just Terrible like salesman. Uh, yeah, I know. You're terrible at this. Know, let me let me take over Thank this you. part. Yeah, you what do you guys think of eight? <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. And how many cases can I put you down for, sir? Thank you very much. That's a New England compliment. It doesn't suck. Doesn't suck. Yeah. Um, I didn't even say anything. It's 62.2% alcohol by volume. Yeah. It's 87% corn, 12% rye, 1% malted barley. Uh, it was an 18, 19-year-old rye. 22 year old corn in new wood a 23 year corn in new wood a 23 year corn in ex bourbon and a 26 year corn in hungarian oak ha there we go i still remember it they haven't drunk enough yet no um but that you know i mean but that whole flavor profile of this is just you know again again and this is what we were talking about and i talked about this a lot about like like pete that yes, madeira right. that was it's a component it's just a component it's just, it's just a component there. it's yeah, it's yeah. salt yeah. on a steak yes you know what i mean it's just there and it's it's going along for the ride, but it's making all the other flavors pop, but it's making yeah, yeah. a lot of other flavors pop and not just one flavor pop. And, and that's, I think that's a really good, that, that eights I think is really nice. Thank you. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm excited about this one, but I'm way more excited about the next. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But you're always going to be like, you know, it's, it's, it, it isn't out yet. I know right? it yeah, isn't out yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's, not out it's yet. in the bottle. It's in the bottle. It's in the bottle. Well, it's it's in its nice packaging. It's ready yeah, to go. It's ready to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So tell us what what number three is. Okay. So number three, number three is the um, is the Found North Peregrine. Um, it's not a batch. We didn't give it a batch number. Um, and it's part of a new line of whiskey that we're doing. Um, where we we call it the High Altitude Series. Um, and and basically, um, Peregrine. This is Peregrine First Flight. We'll we'll do another Peregrine. Uh, next year um but but peregrine is it's for the birds it's for the birds peregrine's peregrine's really cool so we basically took um we took a 20 year rye um that's why that's this is the first 20 plus year old whiskey we've ever done so we mm -hmm. took a 20 year rye we took a 22 23 24 and 27 year old corn we blended them together just like we did with your with your single barrel we blended them together and then after we vatted the entire blend we actually recast it into French limousine, ex cognac, and new American oak barrels. Um, I think it was two, three, and three, something like that. Um, and we let them age for another five months or something, uh, and uh, and then we reblended it. Um, and we actually didn't use one of the barrels. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with that barrel. Um, one of the barrels just just went, which is the danger of of recasking. Right. Um, but we reblended uh, seven of the barrels, and that is what what we got for Peregrine. Um, it uh, it came out at sixty three point one percent alcohol by volume. Um, it's God, is it? I can't remember the line. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat because yeah. I have it on the bottle. Yeah, okay. It's seventy six percent corn, twenty three percent rye, one percent malted barley. Okay. So it's a higher content of rye than than we usually do, um, and. Uh, I just think it's absolutely delicious. I I'm really excited about it, and and we're really, 
I don't know, uh, maybe somebody else is doing some process like this, but this, this idea of taking aged whiskey, blending them and then recasking it and then reblending them again, which I can't begin to tell you how expensive it is uh, because every time you put it into a new barrel, I'm, I'm going to talk about angel share for two seconds here. When people say angel share is like 3% a year, they're lying. It's way higher when they first fill it uh, because it has to saturate the wood. So we lost 11% of That's all the That's the devil wood. share. Yeah, we Goes lost a, the, the devil's cut, right? We yeah. lost 11% right off the bat. Um, so you can imagine we've we've basically bought <laughs> whiskey where we've lost a, lot, lost a lot of it, aged it more, lost more of it, vatted it, recast it, aged a ton more, then didn't use one of the barrels, and then <laughs> vatted it all again. Um, so pretty intensive process, but we we love this process because we get to control the starting point of the recasking with such precision um and then and then decide what barrels to use and and how to use it yes no they've already no they're married they already married and then took it off and then you're letting you're you're doing multiple finishes is what you're doing yeah and then bringing it back again they do something kind of like this in armagnac um a lot of armagnac distillers will actually uh they'll age a batch of their armagnac and then they'll take it all out and vat it and then put it back into the same barrels. We're not putting it back into the same barrels. We're actually putting it into different We're finishing barrels. it. And then right, exactly, into new into new wood, into French right. and Um uh, so you're really you're really marrying what you're doing is you're here's here's a sort of a simple way. You're getting a base yes. by vatting it all together. I've taken all oh, these whiskeys yep. and I'm I'm making a base spirit now, for lack of a better term, right? So it's all the same. Now I'm making three or four different finishes, right? Yep. And then you're taking those finishes and, and marrying them back again. together. Yes. 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 You nailed it. Okay. So, so that does that, that make sense? Yes. Yeah. No, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, no, a dumb question. I'm sorry. So we have, we have just two hours for dumb questions. Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. New wood. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So the new wood is 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 as a, a a char or a toast. Yes, level, it was right? a char. It was a char level three. Char level three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And basically the the yeah the 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 barrel it's really interesting. There are a lot of companies that are doing a lot of barrel aging for the barrel type for the marketability of the barrel type. Um, that is, is good for some people, not great for us. Um, and and this is me being polite, by the way. Um, basically, I, I, I don't like that process because particularly when you use wet casks, the second you dump a wet cask, the second you, you empty a wet cask, the wood starts to deteriorate. You're on a clock. Um, and so, you know, you can do things to try to preserve it. You can seal it up in saran wrap. You can do these things to try to preserve it, but you want to get, you want to get new liquid back into that barrel as quickly as humanly possible. Um, so earlier this year, we bought four, 48 barrels, um, 44 of them we had to reject when they showed up because the wood had deteriorated. Um, it, some of the staves had warped a little bit. Um, and a lot of distillers will fix this by filling it up with water and then dumping the water out. Yeah. And yeah, then and you you've lost stuff it. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've lost everything that makes it a wet cast. So we're much more particular about the quality as opposed to the type. 
Um, that's not the case with new wood. New wood, you have much more flexibility. Um, but when we buy wet casks, we are thinking about what we're putting in it. Um, but we're also more assessing the quality of the wood. And we'll, you know, we love when there's actual standing liquid in there, um, which happens sometimes. And you, you go in and you just cipher out a little bit and you're like, okay, this tastes great. This port, this whatever it is, is obviously in good condition. So we feel like the condition of the wood is probably good. You can get it where it's like musty or grungy or just. Or somebody used sulfur to clean it. Or you know, sulfur, sulfur clean. Sulfur yeah. clean. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so that, that's, that's sort of why that's we're OCD. So like when you're doing even the water part, like Dr. Don Livermore is, is one of the sort of the guys that sort of actually did this studies, this stuff. Cause that's why he's Dr. Don Livermore um, from up in Canada. So, um, you know, every time you're putting liquid in the, in the barrel, you get to a point where it's only going to give you so much out of the barrel. So just for just to use numbers, if there's a hundred parts per million of sherry in the barrel, when you put something else in, it's only going to give you 50% of that. The next time you use it, it'll give you 50% of 50%. And it happens over a, a, a period of time that he's actually figured out. It's like, That's it's like genius. two, two, uh, it's like two, th- between two and three months. So when you age longer than that, you're, you're only going to get the, the um, influence of, of whatever was in the barrel to that degree. And then everything else after that is aging. Right. So it, the, the liquid will change, but it's not getting any more like, let's say, sherry. There's no more sherry component going into that. Well, I always, It's done. I also always laugh when it's like, okay, this was a second fill sherry. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. that's like a quarter. But what do you right. have in the middle? middle right, exactly. Because <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's more, it's more a rye or a, a scotch or whatever you put in there before. Well, we, we, um, we, we, we just did some stuff, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you try some of it later on. We, we're actually um, blending finishes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So blending like finished, yeah. like like yeah, yeah, yeah. ryes that were done in different finishes. Yeah. And then blending those together. Yeah. So, so basically making micro batches of finished whiskey. Yeah, that's awesome. Starting from the same batch of rye. Isn't that sense? like exactly what we're doing? It's out of something. <laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, but th- that's what's interesting about it. Yeah, no, it's I like agree. you're sort of getting into that really thing. Good. And that, and that's sort of the way doing something like that is something that you can do as a blender. It's n- not something that uh, a lot of people in uh, as a retailer that that does a lot of stuff can get into yep. that can, that can do that. Partly I have to, I have to convince people that like, yep. this is a really cool way to go and let me do this and let me show you how why. cool it is yep. and how, why it's so cool. Yep. So yep. Um, very interesting. So I, if you haven't had this receipt, the reason I love this, the, the, the fruit profile is really awesome, but, but just talking about a whiskey that doesn't have any heat, but a really long finish. Um, this is 63.1% alcohol yeah. by volume. And this it's is, just the cleanest finish you've ever. And that's a very well-balanced whiskey. And I will tell you this. If you, your second sip of this is how this whiskey tastes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, a little almost deceptive on the first taste. Yeah. You almost have to acclimate to it. Well, we came and, off and, the eight, which is. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you came off another bad. whiskey too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the second sip of this is really sort of where you're getting this whiskey from. And if you notice it, it all of a sudden got really mellowed out there's totally. like a, there's all these round edges to this yeah yeah and there's this warmingness to it too the, the but no but no real no real burn beginning of december december of release december. yeah this not too de- far away this would be a december release yeah we we um to be honest we had no plans to make batch eight this year 
we just ran out of batch seven. <laughs> uh, no, we not only running out of batch seven wouldn't have been a problem, but we ran out of batch seven at the same time that we were starting with new distributors in different markets. And it's very hard to start with a new distributor and not have anything to sell them. Uh, That's a conundrum. It's a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> so we had to make eight, uh, which is why there's nothing worse than making whiskey this when time you have of year. To. And there's nothing worse than making whiskey when, when you, you have, have to. to. It's, yeah, there's, it's, it's a pain in the ass because everybody is hustling. So every aspect of it is slowed down. The labels are slower. The registration's like everything's slower. So it's a nightmare. Uh, we were just going to release this, but then we made eight. So we had to get to them out a little bit. Yeah, you get to. Oh, my God. You got more whiskey. I'm so sorry for you. All right. All right. So, yeah. So here's the thing. If you notice on the list, you're missing number four. Yeah. There is no number four. However, on your tray, there is a number four. Do you want to tell everybody what four is? Yeah. So, you know how our whiskey always says Hungarian oak on the on the maturation? Mm -hmm. This is the Hungarian oak rye. Um, So this is one of the components. This is a. So I say it's 100% rye, but that's actually a lie. Um, the, the Canadians make component whiskeys, but occasionally when they make rye, they add a little barley in there. They don't need to. They're not doing it for the enzymes. They actually just do it for they do it for consistency and mouth flavor. And yeah, like mouthfeel, things like that. Rye, the, one of the dirty secrets about rye is that it's, it's kind of a it's, – it's more like a vintage. Um, the rye harvest this year versus the rye harvest next year will make pretty different whiskey. Um, and distilleries don't talk about that at all because distilleries try to convince you that everything's always consistent because they don't like the idea that if you drink, you know, X bottle that we've all heard of this year, it's going to be different than X bottle that you have of the same stuff next year. But the, the, the job of the quality control team and the blending team at any distillery, a single malt distillery or bourbon distillery is actually to create that consistency. They're not getting it from the rye. That's for damn sure because the rye is actually different from, from, from year over year. And so they actually add a little bit, bit of barley because it helps create a consistent mouthfeel. So this is a 93, I think I want to guess 93% rye, 7% malted barley. It's where the malted barley comes from in some of these components. Um, it this, this is actually an old sample I have. So this is a 2022. Um, and, and so this is the rye back when it was only 18 years old. Um, and I just... I really, really wanted people to get a chance to try this because there are a lot of brands that take Canadian whiskey and they'll just take the single stream whiskey and then they'll bottle it and they'll put an age statement and a proof and a label on it and say, this is whiskey. Um, We don't do that for a reason. This has great, great flavor. This really does. Like when you taste it, it has great flavor, but it has lousy structure. Um, And so I wanted you guys, when I'm talking about structure to know what the hell I'm talking about. So let's give this a try. Yeah. About 57. 57% ABV. It's incomplete. It's all over. It's, it's all, all over, over the place. place. Yeah. yeah. It's got an interesting entry. It's yeah. got no mid palate. Nope. And then it has like heat and bitterness on the finish. Yeah. They're like it just totally doesn't. No. No, it just evaporates. You're right. No, and it and just this, loses it. This is no. very bimodal whiskey, right? So when we talk about whiskey, I, I can get into really long, you know, drunk philosophical conversations with Sammy about what makes a whiskey inherently good, um, which is just a hell of a conversation. It's like the meaning of life conversation. Um, 
but but basically, just so you guys know, you want to be partially drunk for that. You have to be. Uh, it's it's a it's mandatory. Um, but but one thing that Sammy and I really Sammy is that if you don't know, Sammy was used to be the brand ambassador for Edrington. He's um, I you, yeah, Sammy Karachi. He's our director of whiskey innovation, which is a fancy word for saying he's the other blender who does more of the work. Um, and and so Sammy and I agree on one thing, which is we really don't want whiskeys that are that are bimodal. We I, I find that to be a flaw in whiskey, um, where you get flavor, empty space, new flavor. Don't like that. That is a disjointed whiskey. Um, this is a very disjointed whiskey. This is very bimodal. It is very, very, very useful. Um, this whiskey is super useful. It has nice big holes to fill. It has nice big holes that you can fill with beautiful corn whiskey that has all body and no entry and no finish. Um, <laughs> uh, but but when we talk about fitting puzzle pieces together and we talk about these layers of flavor, this is what we're talking about. This thing is very useful structurally when you're using it to complete a whiskey or actually usually we take the rye and then we build around the rye because the rye usually has way more holes than the than the corn do. The corn corn components tend to be very straightforward, very even keel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they nail texture or they nail viscosity or they nail um, – actually, they can do – great things with the top notes, like the fruit floral notes. Um, and that's how we use them. And we fit them in around the rye. That's almost always, always how we do this. Um, so I always talk about this, but it's hard to, to talk about it and try to describe the flavor and not let people actually taste this. So this is, this is maybe my favorite component we've ever owned. Um, I put it in just about everything. Um, and it's a great building block. It creates great spice notes. Um, and it has good, it has good, like grain flavor without it, um, tasting young. Um, so sometimes things will taste like grain and I think it tastes like grain because it's only been aged for two years and it hasn't, it hasn't sort of developed past its grain profile. Um, but, but certain components can mature into their grain profile where you have things that are noticeably rye, right? This, this has baking spice. This has, this has white pepper. Yeah, totally. Totally. The white pepper. Yeah, absolutely. Things you that... guys, when you're you're drinking that, oh, first of all, does anybody just love this whiskey? Is it going to have That's to ask fun. you to leave? No, no, I'm just saying. No, no. no, but like, so like this is important, though, too. And when you're trying this and going like, well, I really don't like that. Just remember, this is a component in a lot of the stuff that you're loving. And you're going like, you know, you went from this to what you're these by adding other pieces to fill in the holes on this. And that's oh, what a lot of which when we tell people that like a lot of times when we, even when we do um, we do like micro batching and stuff like that, it's like, no, most of the time they're not good by themselves, but together, together, that's where they, the magic is. And that's where the whole thing is. You're starting with something that's, you know, I, it, listen, it's got its good points this and is, its bad points, but it's not something that I think I would drink every day. This either. is one of the best. This is one of the best tasting components by itself, by the way. Yeah. No, uh, no. And, 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 it's pretty right. Funny. It could be worse. Right? No, no, no. It can be it can be way worse. And and I think we, we often get the question of like, well, you're, you're buying this old Canadian whiskey. Why isn't everybody doing this? Because trying to make this into these is a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, no, we've got, we've, we've, we've gotten better at it and, and we, we have a lot of freedom with it, but it took us nine months to make batch one because we didn't know how to make this stuff fit together. Is that what you're going to ask? No, no, it used to, the no. batch one took nine months. Um, 
blending and blending and blending and blending and blending and starting over and because it's almost like it was almost like a hit and miss we had no idea what we were doing and it was totally i mean it everything that we knew about whiskey was not very helpful um and so you know trying trying to we never would have made it if if sammy didn't have a background as a as a bartender and mixologist sammy was is is i won't say it was sammy is a world-class mixologist um there's there is like nobody I'd rather have make me a cocktail than Sammy Karachi or actually dinner. He's also, he's, Sammy's a very talented guy. That's, you want to know why I found North does well. Um, it's the person not sitting in this chair. Uh, no, it's, he, he, he helped us a lot because he knew instinctively how to a, put the puzzle together. A, a lot he had of the right wrench for your Ikea. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and, and I think like, um, we learned weird lessons like, uh, uh, astringency. I, I use this one all the time because i think it's the weirdest example but um tannin cures astringency which is completely not intuitive when you have something that's astringent what your instinct to do is is to mix things in that are soft because you're like okay if i have this hard sharp finish i want to put in things that are soft around it and that actually makes it makes the astringency worse when you add tannin the the tannin actually fixes the astringency which is like why would dry plus dry equal less dry right but the the description that i've used i probably used it here before but i think it just makes the most most sense for me is when you have an itch on the back of your hand the itch is an irritated nerve right that's literally what an itch is when we scratch that itch do you think we're not further irritating the nerve of course, what we're doing is irritating the nerve, but we're also irritating all of the nerves around it. And so you stop noticing the one very irritated nerve. Um, and so astringency is like somebody took a number two pencil, stabbed you in the back of the throat with it, and then snapped it off. That's exactly what, like, really bad astringency, that's what it tastes like. Um, tannin is taking that drying sensation and putting it all around the back of your palate and the sides of your palate so that you don't notice the astringency anymore. So these things, learning these things, we did completely blind. And if Sammy wasn't our Sherpa, like we would never have gotten there. Now it takes me, you know, now it takes a lot longer to scale up the blend and and do the other parts of the process than actually design the initial blend. Um, and that's that's what's changed. It only takes a week for us to actually design a blend but then it takes a lot longer to make sure that it tastes as good at scale, which is a lot more technical. It's a lot mm. more, there is tweaking and there's, and the annoying thing about tweaking is when you scale up a blend and then you add something in, you, you need to wait several weeks for it to integrate. Um, so you better be making the right choices when you're fixing things. So that's when, that's when it gets more of more arduous now. It's less about okay, getting the flavors to work. Well, if you know how to fix, you have to know yeah. how to fix the problem. You got to know how to fix the problem. You better be right. Right. Yeah, but you know how to fix it now, so you're on exactly. the already. You're already. You're already uh, got rid of all, a lot of wrong answers. Totally. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean. So now, when you're going to do it, you go like, well, "We're going to add this now. How much of this we need to add? That's going to take what we we're going to find out. That's but, that was what we're going to find out. Right. Yeah. All right. So Makes I'm pumped. Sense. I'm pumped to taste three because three three is the uh, which is five. Yeah, so so number 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 five number is five number is three. batch number three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's all numbers, guys. It's all numbers. I, I'm glad we can pour this um, because one, you know, we have the 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 lock and key rye, which 
which I think is really cool to see side by side with this. Um, but also because this is, this was the, obviously the third whiskey we ever made. And, um, this was a rye, uh, and this whiskey was really, really fun, but really, really hard to make. It took about 150 test blends, um, which is a lot. I can do about four per sitting. So you can imagine it's like, um, and it's cause you're drinking when you're blending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this to me, when you see the component style rye, and then you see what it took to make this thing actually have structure, um, I think is a really cool side by side, which is why we had this in this order. So let's give this a try. We guys think of that one. That's good, right? Right. So now we talk about structure, right? You see how much there, more there is in the middle of this whiskey, right? We don't get that bimodal. We don't get that experience of like, oh, there's some flavor. Oh, there's some flavor again, right? This thing completely changes across the palate and is full. It actually, it, it lands, it lands kind of sweet and bright and fresh. And then it goes right into the meat of being rye, right? It's like, it gets the heavy, we get the, the roof of the palate starts to get some love, get some of the spice, but then this again, this has a really elegant finish, right? There's no it's, it's super long. This is 55.1% and there is no heat on the finish. This thing is just cool and easy and really lingers. There's a the tingle in ride. like the middle part of your tongue. Just in the dip of your tongue. Yes. It's sort of lingers yeah, yeah. there. It's really good. Yep. This is one of the whiskeys I was most proud of making, actually. Um we then realized that people like when we make the corn dominant whiskeys way more than when we make the rye dominant whiskeys. That was a fun lesson. Um, but in terms of, in terms of making a whiskey that I just thought was really well integrated, this one was really mm. exciting. I like this one too. What'd you guys think of this? Yeah. You're not mad at it. Oh, I'm that's good. It. That's good. good. I, I, you good. wouldn't like him. You wouldn't like him when he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. One and two came out with three. This well, that's says, that's uh, funny because we we when we made one um, batch one was much much heavier rye. Yeah, yeah. And we and we tried to make batch three be much more of a different side of rye. Um, I think it's more delicate. Much more delicate. Yeah, it's it's much more delicate. It's it's the cool thing about rye is we never give it a chance. But rye, if it's actually aged in refill casks for long enough produces insanely delicious fruit notes but we always are nuking it with new wood and and bottling it at three years old you know so, so you never you never get to see this side of what rye can actually do when we made this we we intentionally this is the only whiskey that we ever made that has no new wood in it there's no new oak in this um which is very unusual for us we like to add new oak it's one of the things that differentiates us from a lot of the the Canadian whiskeys that you've had. Canadian whiskey rarely has any new oak. We like new oak, so we've recast a ton into new oak. We've bought a lot of components that have spent a lot of time in new oak, um, and that's that's one of the main <laughs> reasons that our profile is so different from the Canadian whiskey you have. This is the only whiskey we ever made that had no new oak, and I absolutely adore it. Um, yeah, this is a fun blend. But I just I think next to the component, you you get to see like right. Why would you ever bottle four when you can make five? Or why would you ever bottle four when you can make three? That's totally confusing. I'm sorry. I keep doing this to you, but you know that's what? okay. I get it. I'm not. I'm soon. You know, maybe maybe one of these days they they won't be 
batch numbers and it'll just be like whiskey number one is name whiskey number two is name and then that'll make things easier now you understand why we name our whiskey yeah yeah <laughs> people think why do you name the bot the 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 barrels and stuff like that because i can't remember two two seven three remember batch remember barrel number two two seven three no i have no idea what you're talking yeah, so, about oh my god so when we when we're doing the the um when, when we're writing what the different blends we're making are, you know, if you start with something that's like, all right, it's 25, this component, 60, this component, you know, five, this component, 10, that, right. If, if I had to discuss this whiskey as, you know, okay, the one that's 25, 10, 15, 65, that, you know, you'd be, it would just be a nuisance. Um, so we actually nickname all of the, the, uh, the blends that we make, um, as we're as we're making them we'll, we'll nickname the blend so you can say like okay um this one we called snowflake um so snowflake there was snowflake it's not snowflake. snowflake it's not snowflake I had to yeah. Do that. <laughs> like, you, yeah so anyway i totally get that you have to name everything otherwise right. it's too confusing right exactly that's just great all right so number six all right six this is six six is six is six six is six six <laughs> it's six 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 is six okay great all right that's it ended up that way not by sheer coincidence by by no no foresight on our part okay with with six which i i shouldn't do this because you know i'm trying to sell whiskey but with six i i I really would like people to to look at the finish that i was talking about because i when we made this whiskey this whiskey was supposed to it was supposed to be a combination of the things we loved about two and the things we loved about four um, it actually uses some of the same components as two and four. Two had an unbelievable landing, but I thought it fell off a cliff a little bit. Um, I don't think it had the, the finish that I wanted. And four was this really long, really just like we stretched two out, um, but it didn't quite land the way that I wanted it to in hindsight. I mean, when I made it, I was delighted. But but with six, we were like, all right, let's let's give this the landing of two but let's stretch it out and let's have this really long, beautiful whiskey that has this great finish. Now, the the great finish on this one's on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> yeah, and and it's I think this is a delicious whiskey. Don't get me wrong, but it's I put six and seven next to each other because six was the the finish that's more about the heat, and seven was when I think we really started tapping into how do we make a finish that's really long in flavor um, and still has that warmth. I like six, and a lot of people do. I mean, it's been really popular. Six, six on on the on the interwebs. Um, six is often one of the the most popular whiskeys right. we've made. Um, I love the profile of six. Six, six was a blend of seventeen year old corn, twenty one year old corn, twenty six year old corn, eighteen year rye, and nineteen year rye. Um, and we used the the 21 year corn was the same corn we used in batch two and the 26 year old corn was the same corn we used in batch four actually um and we 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 created the rye profile first and a lot of times the the interesting thing about the corn components that we use is the corn components that we use that are in refill casts tend to give more top notes top notes i'm talking fruit florality that freshness you get right forget about like me describing actual flavor notes, just like that freshness that you get from whiskey. Um, and, and new wood, corn and new wood, we, 
we we like to say it gives the whiskey ass um it, it just it's like the base of the whiskey it gives it the heavier um meteor components it's thick it's thick um and and we'll we'll people people watching sammy and i taste taste a blend that we've done and we're sitting there and we're just very seriously turning and going yeah sammy i think this needs more ass and he's like yes this does need more ass and we're like okay let's find some ass um so no i i think the the interesting thing about this was was using the corn components to to balance out this whiskey and stretch it out and elongate the whole profile and it did absolutely everything i wanted till the very like the goal line the one yard line i just thought this this veered a little bit away from what i wanted it to be still a great whiskey and if it's your favorite I'm not offended. I'm happy. Um, it's just, I, I like to, the point of me being here is to explain the intentionality behind the whiskey, right? Like you guys can go home and drink it and try it and you can come here and drink it and try it. But like we made this with an intention. And, and, and so that, that was, that's what I'm trying to reveal. What do you guys think of it? Six. It's as, it's as, 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 as I didn't say that. Matt said that. <laughs> I just want that clear. I want that to be clear. I want that to be clear. Perfectly uh, clear. 64.1% alcohol by volume. Um, yeah, a lot of proof. 87% corn, um, 12% rye, 1% malted barley. Um, one thing I wanted to just clarify real quick, those ratios are liquid volumes, not not, uh, not, not mash bill, right? Because there isn't right. a mash bill. Um, and the reason this is important is because when – when you get a when you get a mash bill, if this was a mash bill, if this was a bourbon and this was eighty seven percent corn, twelve percent rye, one percent malted barley, I don't know. Maybe you would expect that twelve percent of the liquid came from the rye. In our whiskey, that's true. In bourbon, that is not even remotely true. Um, and the reason is because when they do the mash bill, they're doing it by the weight of the grain. Um, not the amount of alcohol that's produced from each grain. The amount of alcohol produced by each grain is dependent on the starch content of the grain, mm. right? I know we're like six whiskeys in and I'm getting deep into the science of this, so I apologize. I probably should have done that while we were all, you know, six whiskeys less. Uh, but basically, the starch content of corn is twice as high as the starch content of rye. If you make a 100% corn whiskey, you'll get and when you when you brew the beer, you'll get a 16% uh, alcohol by volume beer, right? Um, which means if you want to raise that to 70% or 80% alcohol by volume, you'll get 20 liters of liquid for every. You know what I is, is this making sense? If you have yeah. 100%, if you have 100 liters, you're, at you're, 16, you're concentrating it. So you're yes, concentrating, right? right? So right. that the initial concentration of alcohol matters immensely. Rye will get you about 8%, 9% if you're lucky, right? So, so half, about half. half. So when when a bourbon mash bill says that it's 70% corn, 25% rye, about 12%, 13% of the liquid in that bottle is actually from the rye. Um, so a lot of times when people drink our whiskey, they go, oh, wow, the rye is much higher than I expected in terms of flavor profile. That's because in our whiskey, it's actually technically just more representative right of of uh, of how it's much it's a percentage really of the is. liquid and not a percentage so, of the grain just a fun right level. yeah that's exactly right okay all right number 7 is number 7 number 7 is it's number bad 7 seven i know hey there we go we finally matched up yeah so batch 7 batch 7 uh before i made 8 or peregrine was my favorite whiskey i'd ever made um 
and uh and batch seven was very much a like we had had this epiphany about how we wanted our finishes to be and batch seven very much represents what we were doing there um this is 131.8 proof this is 50 this is 65.9 percent alcohol by volume um and I just I think it's one of your sweetest of your all your whiskeys. It, it's just got it's such just a like nice, candy, like it's totally candied. Um yeah, this was this was a really fun blend. The the linchpin of this whiskey was actually a corn component. We we unlike any of the other whiskeys we made, we actually built this whiskey around a corn component. There's a, a vintage nineteen ninety-eight. Um it was like twenty-four years and ten months uh corn. And it was in first fill ex bourbon, uh, which is unusual uh, for Canadian whiskey. It was it was it was not like a refill cask that they had aged, and there's no wood influence. Um, but obviously, it wasn't new wood. And so when I was talking about you know the 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 refill cask giving us top notes and the new wood cask giving us giving us the the badonka donk. Um, th- this whiskey was giving us actually. Is that a technical both. term? It's a, it's a it's technical, technical term. Right, that's just checking. That's. You should you should ask you should ask uh, Doctor Don about that. He he's I've I've had a conversation with him about. No, um, the uh, the, the nineteen ninety eight component was was really was really interesting in terms of the giving both sides of the coin. Um, and so we were able to build an entire whiskey around that, and we didn't need to use nearly as much of the the new wood corn, um, which allowed more of the sweetness to come through. Mm-hmm. Very good. And an 18-year, 11-month, and one-week-old rye. I know that because if I had let it age for three more weeks, I could have given it a 19-year age statement and charged more. But I'm, I told you I'm bad at the sales part. Well, if it's ready, it's ready. That was exact, And it was the middle of the summer. I was really worried it was going to age out of profile. Just pop one up there. Arm. Very good. like it. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of feedback of on your all your batches of good, bad, and the ugly? People, the the interesting, the really interesting thing is, we usually have before we made seven and eight, we had certain certain customers. We had customers who loved two, four, and six, which makes sense because they were similar profiles, and then we had like one out of fifteen customers who swears by rye, which which is hilarious because when we made the whiskey, we assumed that we're like aged rye is going to kill it in the U S because people are already doing it, but we're just going to be honest about where we were getting it from, you know? And, and so we had a really good sense. That's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, it turns out there's 17 times as much bourbon sold in this country as rye literally. Um, so it's, it shouldn't have come as a total shock to us that, the whiskeys that we make that are corn dominant and are much more of a bourbon profile generally are the crowd pleasers. Um, so we usually have people who it was like one in three. I absolutely adore, you know, two, four or six are great. But then we had our, our, the fans of the weeder batch five was the weeded expression we did. Um, and that was always funny because there were people who, uh, it had an eight year age statement. So we used it a, a small majority of it was eight year old whiskey. Uh, and so there were a lot of people who were very drawn to our whiskey simply because of the big number. 
Um, and so they kind of rode off batch eight. Uh, but there were, I mean, sorry, batch, Jesus, batch five, the eight year. It's number of things. Yeah, I know. Um, You'll but, come to my way of thinking sooner or later. I'm already. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there were people who really were just obsessed with it. And I still get emails. I got an email today. Are you making anything like the batch five anytime soon? Because I just, that weeder was... So and it was weird uh, selling it. It was just so weird. And they're like, "Oh, all these are really high." And then there's an eight. I go, "Yeah, but look at the component. Yes. You're gonna look at. I mean, he's giving you. Here's the thing: is you can only like even this, even ours says thirteen. I love it because it says thirteen, but it's a twenty, <laughs> a thirteen, and a twenty-two. Yeah. Okay. So do, what's that? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just, you know, it's all over the place because, again, we're, we're 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 concentrating on a number. And when people saw the eight, I go, never mind the eight. Never mind the eight, right. Never mind the eight. If he right. called this, you know, if he had used what I did in, in, on our, like, last whiskey and call it slippery when wheat, you would have yep. been yeah. fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and stopped that's worrying good. about the number. That's good. So, you yeah. know what I mean? But that's, yes. that's what it was. But when you got people to try it yes. and then understood it, it, they liked it. Especially and, if they liked weeded bourbon. Especially when they like weeded bourbon. And then for us, it was between, it was really interesting is the battle between six and seven. Um, some people absolutely think six is, is better than seven, and some people think seven is absolutely better than six. I'll be curious to see how eight fits into that mix because we, we really, we've honed in on a profile with, you know, six, seven, and eight that, that we really like that we're exploring within that. Um, and I think, as looking you, at like like shades of gray yeah yeah, yeah. shades of gray exactly yes um and I, I think for us that that's a kind of a natural evolution of what we've done which is when we first started making it we we very much were like follow the whiskey right we used to say that all the time we still say that all the time i don't know why i said used to we say follow the whiskey um in fact we one of the reasons we named peregrine is because anybody know the origin of the word peregrine pilgrim who said it yes yes Peregrine, per, peregrine is actually means the the pilgrim falcon, um, and peregrine or perenegrate uh, is means to wander abroad, to to basically to search out. Um, and so peregrine was very much a it was a perfect word for us because it fits our kind of uh, our wilderness theme, um, but it also speaks very much to how we try to approach making whiskey, which is we we want to constantly be exploring the process of blending and exploring the process of making whiskey we don't want to just make the same thing but at the same time there's like you know the whole the whole uh business side of this which is when you make something that people like you should keep making it um so so i always love people who buck what they just made because everybody <laughs> because liked everybody it. liked it screw you i'm not gonna make that again I'm going in this direction. That's a great way to lose a, a lot of money. That's a great way to lose a lot of money. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for us, I think what, where we're headed is as we've explored all these different styles, we've made a weeder, we've made rye, we've made this weird finished, triple finished, quadruple finished, whatever the hell you want to call Peregrine. We've made all of these different style of whiskeys. I think within each of those categories, we'll keep exploring. Um, and that's where we'll go because it's, it's like a, the branches of the tree getting smaller and smaller, right? We have our main branches that we, that we go down, but then there's all the constant fractaling and iteration. Yeah, off but if of you that. start if you start looking at where where whiskey is sort of going and, and what's sort of the next thing, I have a lot of you know friends that are in the business and stuff like that. Like, oh, here's our core whiskey. I go, stop doing that. Why are you making a core whiskey? Not no one wants core. Yeah, not, yes. not a lot of people that are coming into whiskey, yeah, yeah, yeah. they want you're building something new almost every time. Look, yep. sure, it can be in the same ballpark, right? 
but you're sort of building something new and it creates a sort of an excitement around each thing that gets yeah released. There's, there's a huge shift in drinking from um i mean if you watch if you watch tv from 20 years ago people would would go to a bar and say i'll have a a scotch on the rocks or you know maybe they'd say like i'll have a doers on the rocks you know what i mean but it's like does anybody go to a bar and just say hey could i have a bourbon please right no i want to see the menu i want to pick which one it is right it's like and so i think the the idea of making something that was a consistent pro- i mean my grandfather my grandfather drank doers that's all he drank right he drank he drank doers and water and that's all he wanted to drink he wanted to taste the same over and over again and he had no interest in exploring different stuff right we're basically on exactly the opposite of that so why should you make something that caters to a style of drinking that doesn't really exist anymore yeah. i mean you can you can keep it within a focus a focus so it's not a flavor of the week where it's all over the place you can keep it sort of in a focus of that yeah you know what i mean totally but 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 you're exploring new ways and new ideas as you're going through and it's all still about no matter how you slice and dice it it's always about making the best whiskey you can with what you have available heck yes right yes so there yep. it is i hope you guys like that yeah oh, thank nick that was batch 7 that was batch 7 Oh, oh, seven with seven. This is this. <laughs> no, no, eight is something completely different. No, eight is no, eight is one. Eight is one. <laughs> eight is one. Because you're really, really wanted to really mess up with you guys. We want to just make sure this was as confusing as possible. Um, eight. We poured, <laughs> we just poured this again so that we you can paste eight. these three all in a line. Right. And, and so we're going to do something a little bit different. And uh, Nick has nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. So number eight. <laughs> Number eight is the 13-year-old uh, that we did, the 13-year-old ride finished in Maple, right? So what we wanted to do is give you something different out of that. So when we did these barrels, and I was running barrels around Vermont and New Hampshire and all this stuff, um, I, we ran it to a couple different places. So what you have here is what we did with Found North, number eight. The beer that you have is the Lawson's Sticky, Sticky Maple. Um, which they use some of the maple syrup in that we took out of the barrel that that was it was a, the Blanton's barrel. And the last one you have, and you can see the viscosity of it is this is the maple syrup that was aged in the Blanton's barrel. So we wanted you guys to be able to sort of like taste these things that all have this commonality of a ba- the barrel and the maple syrup. What's that? No, don't pour them all together. That's not going to turn out good because they each taste really good on their own. So, but we wanted to sort of get you. So this, um, I mean, Lawson's was was fantastic. We ran, well, obviously we ran barrels over to Lawson's uh, to do this uh, uh, sticky maple uh, ale. Um, so I yeah. want you to try that. I would try that one first. I tasted them all in multiple different orders. Yeah. But it's again, here's here's the cool part I think about the Lawson's too, is you can taste the maple syrup, right? It's not sweet, but you can taste it. Yes. The the Lawson's was aged in the barrel that had the after the maple syrup. And they put a little bit of the maple syrup in the 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 beer too. So but that's that. And then you have our whiskey, of course. That we did with Found North and they had the maple syrup barrel, which I think is really cool. 
And the last, uh, the last one you have is try the maple syrup just straight, just to see what you guys think. Every single one of these maple syrups that we've done in barrels have all come out differently. It's just been like, it's sort of a really cool thing. Like we always talk about, you know, it always has this different flavor and they've all done different. I know the four roses one we did had this real earthiness to it. What's the matter? So we had three barrels. All right. They all held the maple syrup. Maple syrup got blended together after they came out of the barrels, but they were, they were Blanton barrels. Two of the barrels went to Lawson's where it doesn't have any maple syrup in it anymore. They put beer in there and they made the beer. The third barrel went over to found North where Sammy (laughs) put in his, his concoction, his blend of whiskeys that, uh, you know, that, that 20 year old rye, 13 year old rye and 22 year old corn that went into that maple syrup barrel. So they're all like they're all have some of the same DNA. Everything has some a little bit of the same thing. It's basically the the barrel and the maple syrup. That's good. So what do you guys think? Like the maple syrup? Yeah, where was this maple syrup on Sunday when I had waffle day? I know, yeah. isn't that great? And, and we're almost out. I think we're almost out of the sticky maple. I mean, this Lawson's project has gone very, very fast. You can take one of those home <laughs> with you. You don't have to sneak it away. <laughs> I want to make sure you have uh, pan- syrup on your. I want you to have Al Woods syrup on your pancakes. All right. I want to thank everybody coming. I'm going to go through some more stuff with you. We're going to get rid of all the people on there uh, on Facebook. Thanks to Nick. Thank you, everybody on Facebook. You really should have been here. It was really cool. 